Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Thank you very much for joining the show today. Um, I have the very great pleasure uh, of recording a podcast today with Mr. Rob Smallbone. Um, Now Rob is a best-selling number one Amazon bestseller, um, author, speaker. Uh, He's also a podcast host as well. He co-hosts a very popular podcast called The Property Nomads. Um, I think it's available in something like over 70 countries. At the time of recording this, it's 75. 75, that's very impressive countries. Whereabouts in the world are you listened to? Where's your most obscure place? My most obscure, our most obscure place? That's a good question. Uh, We've got um, a listener, we've got listeners in Brunei. Oh, well. Lebanon. Yeah, a couple. I really want to get to Guam. I've always had a fascination with Guam. <laughs> in the Indian, I think it's the Indian Ocean. Yes, it so, is. Guam. Yeah. That's it. My life will be complete. I'll quit podcast. I shall get to Guam. <laughs> well, if there's anybody out there who knows anybody in Guam, um, you know, just ask them to do Rob a favour and to subscribe to the Property Nomads podcast, then... You know, then his. I'm sure there'll be another goal that you want to reach after that. That isn't the only goal that you have in your life. No, no, of course not. But <laughs> yeah, for now, for now, reaching Guam will be absolutely fine. That's fantastic. Well, thank you very much for finding the time to come onto the podcast today. I'm really, really excited to have you on the show. Would you just like to tell the listeners a little bit about who Rob Smallbone is and what you do, how you spend your time? Yeah, well, thank you, Irene, for the invitation to come on. Um, really, really appreciate that to start off with. A little bit about myself. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, number one Amazon bestseller. That's of vital at how to get started. Mm-hmm. Aim at people that, well, quite literally does what it says in the tin. If you're looking to get into vital at property in the UK, mm-hmm. book out. It, it's written as a guide, so you can, ideally, if you have no knowledge, you should be able to pick the book up and go um be able to purchase your first property. Okay. Co-host of the Property Nomads podcast, as you've mentioned as well. So that's we like to say it's your one-stop shop for property, business, and travel-related content. Okay. Fortunate enough to do quite a bit of travelling between uh, Rachel, Matt, and myself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the Property Nomads themselves. What do we do? So we are predominantly a sourcing and project management business, okay. uh, or properties in and around Hull mainly and Bournemouth. Okay, so that's for those that don't know who are listening, that's in the north east of the country. Yes. And down in right down in the south. Um Bournemouth is on the south coast. Yes, correct. Yeah, Bournemouth on the south coast, Hull in the north east. Mm-hmm. There thereabouts. And yeah, we're just, you know, through networking and, and stuff, we're just trying to put more dots together so as our network grows it's you know i suppose for people that don't know what property sourcing is it's matching people that want to buy property with people that 
wants and needs to sell property. Okay. As we network more over time, we're starting to find, you know, we might get someone that says, oh, actually, I've, you know, I've got X amount of pounds, I'm looking to buy in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Or in a week, you might get someone that says, actually, I've got a few properties in Liverpool, I need to sell them. You put them together, they do what they need to do. And, you, you know, you take a little, uh, nine times out of ten, you'll take a little slice of the pie. So, yeah, yeah you know, as long as we can create win-win situations, that in a nutshell is what I do. I've also got another buying business partner in property on the side, okay. but we're very, we just um, add every now and then to uh, our portfolio. Okay. So, um, I mean, the, the view, the listeners won't be able to see this, but um, you're not very old to be having all of this success behind you. So um, how did it start? Have you always been um, thinking that you want to be entrepreneurial or running your own business? Or how, how, when did it start? So I've rolled back to 2014. So I'll give a quick 30, a better 30 seconds overview about myself as a person. So yeah. grew up in Reading. That's where I'm from in about 40 miles west of London. Mm-hmm. Went to university in Brighton, got a business studies degree, graduated in 2010. Went travelling around Southeast Asia and across the United States with my now buying business partner, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Came back, uh, went to work. I went to work as a security guard back in, back in Redham. Mm. Aaron and I saved up. We then went to Brazil for the World Cup in 2014. Okay. We went travelling as well up straight after that, so around South America and Central America. Mm-hmm. When we came back, again, I went back to Reading, bought the first property in 2016, then moved to Hull in 2017, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So in answer to your question, I'll always go back and, and say it was a following moment. So although Aaron and I had a lot of times to discuss bits and pieces when we're travelling, a lot of coach journeys, yeah, a lot of yeah. time on the road. Yeah. We've just a couple of times that, you know, um, I remember one time in Bolivia, woke up in the morning, 7 o'clock, it's nice and sunny, 25 degrees, you know, great day outside. Just went down to the breakfast bar, got a beer for a dollar. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it's almost like an epiphany moment at that time. And from, from, from just that little moment, Aaron and I started talking about how can we enjoy the travelling mm-hmm. not have to continually go back and do the same cycle of go back and work and save, yeah. travel, go back, work and save, travel. So we done a bunch of research, started re- listening to a lot of podcasts on property, reading a lot of books, mm-hmm. did a couple of things here and there. And, yeah, in 2016, an opportunity presented itself for us to go and purchase property in Hull after doing research on different areas in the UK. Okay. And went and done it. We raised the finance, went and done it. Mm. But I always say the second part of travelling, so 2014, 2015. So before I went travelling, I was very, very close-minded, very obnoxious. In fact, mm. people could still argue that I can be quite obnoxious depending on what we're talking about. <laughs> but close-minded, you know, quite a short temper, very, just, just very... Well, a bit miserable, I suppose, for want of a, a better word. Mm-hmm. But having having gone travelling, you see a lot of things, and you know some things resonate. And you got a lot of time to do a lot of thinking. Yeah. And yeah, we we sort you know 
Not like we visited any war zones or anything like that. You see, a lot of people that are in and around the Andes, that are in and around you know, these places with not a lot of materialistic items as you or I might be used to. Yeah. But with massive smiles on their faces. Mm-hmm. Their quality of life, if we're basing it on how much people are smiling, you know, the quality of life through the roof. Mm. Yeah, that resonated with me the most, of thinking I don't need to have X, Y, and Z. You know, what What do I need? What's important to me? And having that sense of freedom to an extent, mm. that's what's important to me. So, yeah, that, that the travelling changed me. It's mm. the best I've ever made mm. to do that journey. Mm. And, yeah, that, that flipped the switch from being closed-minded, very materialistic to wanting to be a bit more entrepreneurial to realizing that actually hang on a minute i'm not going to rely on the government to you know do stuff for me yeah i'm i am the shaper of my destiny mm-hmm. and therefore i have to take it by the, the scruff of the neck and from there one thing's led to another every day we're learning every day is a new day mm-hmm. and always not always really mm-hmm. I mean, for such a short space of time, that's you've packed so much into that short space of time, and I find I think that that is really inspiring to to listen to how in less than five years you've gone from being closed minded, as you've just said, materialistic, um, working for somebody else, and thinking that that was how you had to be, to doing. The complete opposite you know completely in charge of how you want to live your life you've got your time back which is you know in what I talk about to the listeners an awful lot when you're bringing up young people that they need to understand that they have the same amount of time that we have as adults and it's how they learn to structure that time and use that time properly um, but you're you've now got your time back and you can do as you want to in that time either use it to earn more money and to do the things basically do the things that you want to do which obviously includes traveling you're obviously really big into that so i think that's hugely inspiring thank you <laughs> you left me you left me a bit speechless there uh, is a rarity yeah it's i'm, I'm not gonna make out and pretend that you know I, i'm there and i've made no, it no. no i'm not gonna do that but i do have you know, an important practice and i, I strongly recommend this is to, if you get a journal, or get a book of some sort. Yeah. And I write what I used to write, uh, three things I'm grateful for every morning. Mm-hmm. When I say used to, I recently interviewed John Lee Dumas, mm. um, Entrepreneurs on Fire for the Property Nomads podcast. Mm. I spoke to him briefly about this, and he was, he was like, oh, my God, you know, that's amazing, you know, everything like that. He said, well, you know, what he does was he does a similar thing, but he does one thing. Okay. He said, do the same practice, but just focus on one thing and just write a bit more about that. So okay. I've started to do that now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think for any, you know, for, for people listening, if you don't already do that, I think that's important mm-hmm. because. How has, that, how has that changed what you do? Just focusing, say, on one thing rather than three things or five things. How do you choose the one thing that you are going to focus on today? Um, in terms of gratitude, 
I'll think of the first thing that comes to my head. Okay. So for whatever that is, um, if I have a look at hmm. So for, you might not see this on the podcast, of course, but I'm now going through my diary of the previous couple of days just to hmm. give you the examples. Okay. So today I have written... Uh, so today I... I was grateful for fast food. Mm. Yeah, I was grateful for fast food um, and GM foods and whatnot. Uh, basically, I've gone along the lines of despite the fact that it tastes good and sometimes makes me feel good, uh, I realise it's not actually that good for my body and that at the times that I don't have it, um, I feel better, I act better. Uh, basically, in all walks of life that I am, I f- just am better. Mm. So therefore, I'm grateful it exists. It gives me another thing to resist, okay. basically. Yeah. Um, day before that I was thankful for the colour green mm. uh, and the day before that I'm thankful that I can hear mm. okay. so yeah, little, little things like that it could be anything it doesn't have to be it's whatever the first thing that comes into my head yeah uh, and and, so, and that's become a daily habit for you now well, I've been doing this for about nine ten months okay so as far as your daily habits um do you think that they've enhanced you, your path to success that you're enjoying at the moment? I would agree. I would agree. There's a lot of discipline involved mm. with certain aspects. So every, well, I say every day, six days a week, I will roughly wake up at about 6.15. Mm-hmm. In the morning, put the kettle on and have what I like to call 30 minutes of solitude. So for me, that's sat in a chair, looking out the window with silence, mm-hmm. absolute silence. Um, that's, what, that's sort of the way that I would meditate in the morning. Mm-hmm. Then it's an hour of emails. If it takes an hour, sometimes it doesn't take an hour. Then followed by an hour of social media. And then by the time that's come around, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've then got the bulk, well, I say I've got the bulk done. I've then got the, the things that I find not least important, but the things that I need the most motivation for, I've got yeah. them done. Yeah, and they also seem to take up the most amount of time. If you're not disciplined like you are in, in focusing, doing them in an hour burst in the morning, you can, if you left them till nine, ten o'clock in the morning, they you can still be doing them at five o'clock in the afternoon and then you think, what have I done all day? 100%, and that's where the discipline comes in. Mm. It's works with communication as well you know I'm, and again I'm not perfect there are certain times where depending on what projects are going on depending yeah basically de- just depending on what things are going on that I might check the emails every now and then during the day yeah uh, the point being if I don't in, in fact the times I haven't as morbid as it sounds no one's died mm. and if it's really that urgent I mean we're talking absolute life and death urgent someone will ring you yeah yeah so i think when i balance it up like that i think a lot of people have this fear of missing out mm. you know if i'm not on facebook all the time i'm going to miss out on something if i'm not on whatsapp all the time i'm going to miss out on something if i'm not checking my emails all the time i'm going to miss out on something mm. I, I mentally accepted the fact ages ago that hey it's life you're going to miss out on stuff. Stuff's going to come and go. Yeah. There's always ample opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, just look in the right places, speak to the right people. There's always opportunity. Yeah. Um, and no, so don't, don't worry about missing out. And then I think once you can have that sitting well with you mentally, mm-hmm. um, then that helps to install the discipline. And 
think the thing with entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism or entrepreneurship mm. as well is you know, people talk, we talk about this freedom. We had this ideology of freedom, 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 freedom. That's great. I'm totally with that. The ironic paradox is to create really good time freedom, you need to be disciplined with your time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to have a routine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's six or one, half a dozen the other. But, yeah, for, for anyone listening, I definitely, you know, don't necessarily do what I do and go cold turkey and go into stuff like that. Mm. Um, if you've got that personality, then do it. It's fine. Yeah. If not, just you know, try one new thing a week. It takes... What I believe from what I've read, it's 66 days to form a proper habit. Not yeah. So, yeah, you've got to you know, do it, practice it. Some things will work, some things won't work. Mm. And, yeah, as I say, I'm, that's just my thoughts on it. I'm by no means perfect, no. but I'm definitely getting better. Yeah, but I think because of your age as well, I think it is very encouraging for the, for the listeners to know. How old are you, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? 31. Okay, so somebody in your position so you know the podcast raising successful kids is aimed at um kids up to 18 years of age so that's not a hundred miles away from where you are uh so to teach them how to be disciplined that being disciplined is an element of being successful um i think it, you know for somebody your age i think it's a very encouraging aspect that if if they learn how to discipline themselves they have to do it for schoolwork whether they're homeschooled or at school um so just to extend that for further if they want to run their own business or be successful making money whatever it might be in order to do that they have to have an element of discipline whatever they do uh so the other thing i needed to just uh, came into my head just then was as well as being disciplined do you leverage what do you leverage out in your business are you big on leveraging i try to be okay i do try to be so we're we're in the process of leveraging a bit of the social media out okay for the property nomads so again six or one half a dozen the other it's trying to ingrain into the team of this is ideally how we would like it done but at the same time you've pretty much got you know as as much authority to do what you need to do, just you know, try to know up, go, mm. you know, go and crack on. Mm. Social media is is the one thing that we've just started to do. Mm. Um, invoicing, you know, bank reconciling, things like that. That started to be outsourced, okay, as well, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, so we'll give that a go first. Mm. Then I've got very it depends. I've got various other things. Um, so at the moment, I will. Well, for example, getting my shirt signed. Yeah. You know, those people that know me, it's not every day that you'll see me wearing a formal shirt. That's not really my style, mm. but every now and then I will. So when they need to be dry cleaned, um, you know, I get the dry cleaners to do that up the road. That's useful. What else is outsourced business wise? Oh, but yeah, we have stuff. Um, yeah, so buying a property. So for example. And the solicitors do the work they need to do. Mm. If if I'm buying with Aaron in my other business, we mainly use sources. So again, utilising their skill sets and their ability to get deals. Yeah. Raising the finance is something that we do do personally. Okay. Um, that's important. It's about you know rapport communication. Sure. But yeah, refurbs they're outsourced. 
or leveraged, um, managing the property mm-hmm. itself, you know, that's leveraged. What else? Mortgage broker, you know, leverage, they do the job, they get paid for that. Yeah. I so, think when you're, yeah. when you're um, running a business and you're obviously doing that quite successfully on several, you know, several different streams, that this idea of ensuring that other people take some authority in order for you to move on and scale up. Um, it's quite a hard thing to get into your head, first of all, um, unless you're already in that mindset from from young. But I think once you realise that actually by outsourcing something as simple as getting your shirts ironed, that you don't have to then do that yourself, you don't have to take 10 minutes to do it yourself. You can use that 10 minutes more productively having a phone call with an investor or something and and by having somebody else iron your shirts you're giving them business which is encouraging them to continue to be successful it's um i think it's a really good skill to teach especially to the listeners on the podcast if they're thinking about how they can encourage young people in their lives to be entrepreneurial that's one of the first things that i would say that they need to think about teaching is this idea of leverage you don't do it all yourself you're not going to be successful if you do everything yourself totally agree and it's something that you do have to implement mm. without a shadow of a doubt you know um i mean I, th- I think the most difficult thing that i've had to leverage to an extent is so I, we tried um so i was fortunate enough to go to the europa league final in baku in azerbaijan mm. um, Obviously, there's quite a bit of fuss about that, but mm-hmm. whatever. Anyway, lovely place. Highly recommend it if you're going to Baku. Go to Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. Lovely. And at the time of, of winning the tickets, because we, we entered into a ballot, won the t- you know, got tickets, or got, <clears throat> sorry, allocated tickets. Mm-hmm. We've done all that. But because there was a lot of stuff going on at the time, I didn't have the time to be able to sit down, go through, you know, how to get there, this, that, this, that, this, that. Yeah, because it's not the easiest place to get to, is it? No. Um, mm. Don't get me wrong, I actively enjoy doing that, mm. um, finding these things out. But at the, t- at the time, I just did, I didn't have the time. So through my network, I knew someone that um, organised sort of holidays, trips away to, you know, far-flung places. Mm. So the most difficult leverage I've had is passing holiday prep. <laughs> this guy. And... Yeah, it was mentally the most difficult thing I've had to leverage. I have to say it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Everything worked as it should have done, mm. and that was wonderful. Um, but, yeah, I suppose. So now that's been done because that trust is starting to be built up. I can go back, but, you know, something that people might not know quite a lot about, my one thing that I will doubt I will ever, ever leverage, buying train tickets. <laughs> I'm a train geek, so I have to buy my own train tickets. Just, you know... That's it. But, uh, but yeah, no, def- definitely from, from a young age, it's the same thing with anything from a young age. If you start getting it ingrained into your system mm-hmm. and then you start putting it into practice, then yes, you know, surround yourself, you know, surround yourself with people that are very knowledgeable. Surround yourself with other professional people in other fields. Yeah. Find out what exactly you're good at mm. and what you're not so good at. Mm. And in my opinion, don't bother focusing on your weaknesses or your, you know, areas of improvement. Don't worry about that. Know what your strengths are. Focus on your strengths. 
and surround yourself with people that can then complement where you might not be so good. Yeah. And also, along with that, I think a good thing to um, also encourage other people to think about is where, yes, absolutely, surround yourself with people so that they can show you what your strengths are, because sometimes what you think is your strength isn't necessarily a strength, um, but also that you can watch how what they do to be successful um, and so that you're learning, make sure in your network there are people who are more successful than you so that you can learn from them and they encourage you to grow and to reach those goals he's nodding here he's nodding <laughs> um so one of the other questions that i wanted to ask you about success was do you come from a family of success no okay I wouldn't. I wouldn't say so. I mean, do you come from a family with people who think successfully? Not necessarily. So no, I don't think so. No. So where did it? Where did the spark come from? You? I know what. I know what you've already said, but was it? Um, if there was no success in your family, uh, if there was nobody, is there nobody that thinks entrepreneurial in your family that you can think of? He's thinking here, he's thinking. He's got a thinking face on. <laughs> got to be careful what I say because I don't want to get people into trouble. <laughs> um, to be fair, if if you asked me to, if you had a gun to my head and say, Rob, pick someone from your family that's entrepreneurial, I'd probably say my mum. Okay. In all fairness, she, uh, how, do I, how do I say it nicely? She's a wily fox. Mm. It's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, she's... She's got a good way of thinking about certain things. Okay. So, so do you think that she's inspired you then to think in a different way? Or is that come from your wanting to have your time back rather than this being in this cycle of working, earning, working, taking a couple of weeks off and travelling? I wouldn't say she's directly inspired me. Mm. The event that... The event that probably did inspire me the most was um, that so I was away at my 2011 just in Europe for a few weeks doing some interrailing and uh, we were in Budapest in Hungary and got this phone call from a mum now normally when when, it, when either one of my parents ring me my parents are divorced and I, you know, me and my brother were quite young mm. but whenever you get a phone call from your mum or your dad mm. For me and my brother, it's not good news. Okay. It, you know, it's not good news. So, kind of like, okay, what's gone on here? Yeah. Um, so, I had a phone call, and unfortunately, um, our stepfather at the time, and he'd had a stroke. Oh my! So, like, okay, this is bit, okay. Not no panic, but mm. you know, it's July. Fine. Yeah, let's get back the following day. Let's have a chit chat about it. And he, he went into hospital, and he'd been diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer. Mm. Uh, he was dead three months later. Oh my goodness! So very, very quick. Mm. The thing that resonated the most with me on that was that stepdad and my mum were relatively comfortable. Yeah, they were happy. Happily working. Um, villa in Spain. Get a good holiday couple of holidays a year, hmm. 
it's just there, ticking it off every now and then, or whatever. Mm. But they never got round to finishing the bucket list together mm. because they were too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they thought life would, you know, go on and on and on. Yeah. So from a one-off event, that resonated with me the most because that really taught me to not sit around and wait for things to come to you. Mm-hmm. You must come out and find things and carve opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think being comfortable is probably the worst position you can be in um, at any stage of your life because you don't you you have no motivation to to change anything. Absolutely, and I think that what possibly hurt my mum the most was was that, that okay you know you know what happened happened it's quite tragic it's quite you know short term events and. That's life, really. Yeah, yeah that is... Stuff happens. Yeah, as stoic as that sound, you know, it's upon... You know, that happened nearly eight years ago, so it's quite a long time elapsed. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that, that, taught me, that taught me that lesson, and from there, I've always just tried to go out, carve premium opportunities. I mean, you know, when that happened, um, actually, on the day of the funeral, I got a job which was a bit weird. That was a weird day at the office. Mm. But that was a job that then I saved up and went travelling with. Because that's all I knew at the time. I didn't yeah. know any other any other way, but I knew mm. that by taking that opportunity there and then and saving and doing what I'd done, mm. you know, great. But, um, yeah, that, all, all of that combined into one big pot. Yeah. Yeah, helped me to just, you know, realise that I never really want to be too comfortable even if I have to go out and create chaos for myself, which I'm quite prone to doing, okay, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go and do it. Okay, it's just to live. So, um, do you set yourself goals then for your success, and how do you ensure that those are met? So, I've got a, or I say I, we at the property nomads, we've got um, a seven. We've actually got a twenty-five year planner, life planner, mm-hmm. uh, which we've all done. And it reverse engineers itself. So every year, what I will do is um, on the 30th of July, because that's my birthday, I'll set goals. Seven areas of life which goals set. One's personal wealth, two's business, three's mental, four's energy, five's physical, six is spiritual, and the last one is emotional and social. Okay. Uh, obviously, cover their own areas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just from goal setting, just from the practice of writing it down, mm-hmm. it gives you something to work towards. And if you've got something to work towards, it gives you a better sense of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fundamentally, that's the difference between really successful people and wealthy people and, and those that are, are not as successful and not as wealthy. Yeah. Um, it is a fact that, well, you study success. But goal writing, goal setting is important. It's important to do it. So yeah. definitely, I wish I'd have done it from a lot younger age. I only started doing it really seriously a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I'd have been taught that discipline mm. when I was a kid, then yeah, I mean, I could be in a much different place. Not that I complain where I'm at now is bad. Okay. It's fantastic. But yeah, if I had to roll back the clock, yeah. goal setting would be the one thing that I would... 
I would change. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today who um, they have a eight-year-old son that they're a stepdad to, and we were talking about the idea of having goals and setting goals, and he's a great goal setter himself, um, but he wasn't sure how to do it with this young chap um, because it might be too overwhelming for them. But I think if you break it down into small achievable goals so you've set a 25 year goal but you could do it like a 25 day goal almost when they're younger um and then they get into this habit of constantly looking at their goals and saying okay well uh, where where how far forward am I on the line to getting to goal one or goal two or whatever it might be once you chunk break it down it's not so um overwhelming it's quite achievable um but I think that's amazing that you've got 25 years set out already. Um, and, you know, I think when we're trying to teach young children and young people how to think and be successful, absolutely 100% agree with what you're saying. If you study those people that are successful, that is what they have done. They have set themselves goals. And, and it's okay not to reach those goals, but you have to make sure that you're constantly updating them. So if you set yourself a, a line of, I don't know, 2020, I'm going to achieve this and you don't manage to get it, that's not a bad thing as long as you've learned why you haven't got there in the meantime and you adjust it accordingly. And that's why I have a, a reflective journal in the evening as well. Mm. For, for that very point, if you take a, a, a reflection of the day, you know, what went well, what didn't go so well, mm-hmm. you know, just write down and be honest with yourself. Goal setting is very important, without a shadow of a doubt. If, I mean, yes, 25 years might sound a bit extreme. I, I get that. And I completely understand with people that might be listening thinking he's a bit bonkers. Mm. But the stuff that can happen in 25 years can easily change. Yeah. It's the fact that it's written down. Mm. That's a step, mm. you know, in whatever, whether it's, I mean, I know by the time, um, you know, my life goal is such as by the time my 50 is to have visited every country in the world. Mm. That's my ultimate goal for all of what I do is mm. that. Now, if I get to 50 and I'm on 175 out of, for argument's sake, let's just say it's 210. Yeah. Not bad. No. A pretty good start um, because at least it's written down you know what you're aiming for yeah but the point you make this great one Irene is the fact that you can reverse engineer it and you can go back to a lot of the stuff I do at the moment is year on year mm. and then from there I've broken that down back into months yeah and even for months I can then break that back down into weeks yeah and by having a dedicated time in a diary normally an hour a week on a Sunday, mm. no, Saturday, because I normally take Sundays off, is I can just look at it and go, right, okay, actually, am I on target? You know, weekly goals, am I on target? What do I need to do for next week? And, and job done. So, yeah, yeah it should be, I don't have kids. No. However, I would imagine that if you know or you understand how um, your kids learn. Yeah. And what makes them tick yeah. at the time? Obviously, that can change from day to day when you yeah. when you're young. But if you can understand that, then yeah, absolutely. Put it into little bite-sized chunks. 
you do it week to week, and you know, every little step gradually grow into a much bigger one, effectively. Yeah. yeah, it's about learning daily habits, isn't it? Which is what we were talking about before, and those habits becoming ingrained, and especially when you're dealing with young people. Um, they don't know any different if you're teaching them as a uh, parent or a coach or a teacher, on an uncle, whatever it might be. Um, when they hear that consistently coming from the same person and they see that you're doing that yourself, then it they learn. That's how you become a role model to them and that's how they learn. So they don't actually know that they're learning goal setting or daily habits it's just, well, that's what that person does, and I admire that person, I look up to that person, um, so I'm going to model what they do. And that's crucial, because that, from an, an, a young age, can make a, a massive difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The difference between wondering what happened to your life when you get to 50, um, or being thankful for what you've managed to achieve, even if you haven't ticked off all the stuff in on your bucket list or on your goal list yeah okay so um one of the other questions that i was really keen to ask you um which i wrote down so let me just check on my list so if you had the opportunity to start again would you end up doing what you do now and if not what would you do differently oh let me count a question with okay start again in what sense um, well, just uh, I'm just thinking because of what you've done so far, you've achieved an awful lot um, and you're obviously very content with where you are. Um, and I, I picked that up from what you were saying about the people that you met when you were out traveling, that they don't have a lot, but they're obviously very content in how they're living. So that was a big eye opener for you. Um, but if you had... If you had the opportunity to think, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something completely different. I want to start all over again. Um, would you still do what you're doing now? I probably would be. Okay. I probably would be because... This is what's bringing you joy? Some days. <laughs> <laughs> I say that flippantly. Yeah, it's pro properties. A properties a funny thing. Mm. It's the this ideology of having these very long term assets mm. is very very good. Mm. It's a very good industry to be in. There's, I mean, look at the last many many years of stats. Mm. Supply is nowhere near the level of demand. Mm. So simple economics tells you, well, you're in a winning position pretty much. Uh, and as with anything, you know, get involved, understand the market, understand the economics behind it, mm. get the relevant education and have your exit strategy. Mm. So as morbid as this sounds, but being 31, yeah, my exit strategy is death. Mm. I don't want unless to, unless I'm purposely going in, buying an asset and then selling it because it's planned, the idea is always to buy and hold. Yeah. Have the assets serve you, you know, have money work for you rather than you work for your money. Yeah. yeah. So in the very long term, yeah, I, I would say I'll still be doing the same thing mm -hmm. because that's 
point, I would have found out about bricks and mortar a bit more in depth. And at some point, I would have had the same realisation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'd say the thing that exacerbated the situation as such was the travelling, to be able to... Even the first set of travelling in 2011 in, in Southeast Asia. Mm. Similar to an extent, you, you go round all these museums, you go round, you know, various countries. I mean, you know, Vietnam, obviously, in the, you know, latter half of the 20th century, mm. there was this war. Uh, mm. Cambodia with just complete mass genocide in the, in the 70s. Mm. And you just see, you see things, you see people that are, well, you know, Cambodia, so I won't go into detail, but it's quite a grim, be quite a grim place, yeah. worth checking out, but, you know, very eye-opening, to mm. say the least. Mm. I think that curiosity for travelling would have always been there. Mm. And I think at some point, no matter where, what countries I've been to, that, yes, that realisation that I want to travel long-term, I want to be in various places, trying out new things, mm. I don't want to always be traditionally working for that yeah what can I do mm. I'm I'm sure I would have found property at some point mm. in my life mm. does that answer the question yeah yeah no it does because I think the idea of of curiosity um has transferred very nicely into what you do um when you're property sourcing and talking to people because you have to, it's all about building relationships finding out what that person needs um, what their pain is so that if you can alleviate that pain and then when you take that curiosity into other areas of your life you're finding out about different cultures different ways of how people run business etc etc and that forms part of who you are so that you can then take that and bring it into your business or help somebody out you know it's there's it's multi multifaceted isn't it um, and I think when we're dealing with young people, it's really encouraging to hear somebody who who is relatively young having that curiosity and being able to use it in many ways. Because I think young people just look at they're very much in the now, aren't they? And they don't they don't think in a well, most most of them anyway, don't think in a multifaceted way. They're just very one directional that's not necessarily a bad thing though depending it's like if someone says in property for example Mm. you hear various people say various things about you can do this strategy you can do this you can do that you can do this you can do that Mm. so I suppose what I'm trying to say is if you're if you're very single minded about property in general Mm -hmm. you've got your subject Within that subject, obviously, you can then, you know, have these, you know, multi multi facets. You can do sourcing. You can do buy to let investing. You can, you know, do project management. You might open up a lettings agency. You might open up an estate agency. Mm-hmm. So even with that one particular niche, as big as it is, of property, you can still have multifaceted aspects, yep. but still the same thing. Yeah, I'd argue that that's a very good thing to have. Mm-hmm rather than just being focused on one very, very, very niche thing yeah. that you might not be able to spurt different businesses off. So 
Yeah, I, I understand your point to an extent. It's, it's important to have focus on something, but also have the necessary periphery vision mm. to understand how you can make two and two, or mm. how you can put two and two together to make four, yeah. and make all the cogs work perfectly. Yeah. Now, you and I were at a podcast masterclass recently, and there they spoke about this idea, I can't remember what they called it, but it was this idea of being open to opportunities all the time. Yes. Um, so when you're looking around or talking to people, um, wherever you are, if you, and it goes back to what you were talking about, about being closed-minded when you were younger, if you're in that closed mind state, opportunities are flying past you all the time and you're just not, you're just not seeing them, you're not hearing them, um, because you're not, your mind isn't open to that. But obviously, now I would assume that you're not, you, and you've said so yourself, you're not in that state of mind anymore. So whenever opportunities are flying past you, you're open to thinking, yeah, that one is good for me. That one is good maybe for somebody else. Um, and I, that discipline that you have encouraged in yourself has encouraged you to be more open to opportunities that are coming past you all the time if it's property related then 100 percent. if it's not property related then at this current point in time my my usual response is just no Mm. i mean there is no harm in saying no if you Mm. can learn how to say it in an elegant way or how to as tim ferris Go and check out um, you know, the Tim Ferriss show. Mm. He's got a great episode about the power of saying no. Mm. And the way he goes about it is, is phenomenal. It's a lot of email writing, but he does it so courteously. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, very good, it's a very good talent to have. Absolutely. So, yeah, in terms of opportunities at, at the moment, if it's property related mm. or in any way, shape or form, putting people together or... You know, knowing people with money and knowing people that have deals and so forth. Yeah. Without my current, sorry, um, you know, what what are the words I'm looking for? Yeah. um, So if they're not already in my circle, but Mm -hmm. people outside the circle, again, yeah, having that periphery of, oh, okay, I remember this, you know, from a while back, they mentioned that and, oh, you're talking about you want this now. Okay, great. Well, you know, let's do an introduction. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, Any, anything property related, yeah, my, my, my periphery hat is definitely on. Mm. If it's not related at the moment, and again, at the time of recording, you know, my, my answer is a very elegant no. Mm. But that will change over time with the power of leverage, with outsourcing more yeah. and, and evolving. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, when... You know, the world is changing at a very fast pace, mm. a lot faster than it was, say, 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, who knows what the future is going to be like? But yeah. we, you know, we can carve our own out by creating opportunities and then taking them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just this idea of being open to listening to what other people are saying, being open to what's going on around. And that's if, and it's absolutely fine for it to be in the niche that you're working in. Um, but it's this idea of being open-minded and not losing out. And um, I think especially when we're talking about success, 
you can miss out on so many opportunities for success if you, in whatever niche you're in if you do not practice the daily habits that we've already spoken about because your mind isn't open to it. As, as long as you're open-minded and as long as you accept the fact that you will miss out on opportunities. Yeah, and don't beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Then you'll be fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the podcast is called Raising Successful Kids. So what does success mean to you? Success to me means doing what you enjoy mm-hmm. and being happy. Okay. Yeah, success for me isn't about how much money I've got in my bank. It's not about what car I drive. I'm not that materialistic. That's one advantage of traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, it drives me up the absolute wall seeing people. Um, actually, I have a funny story on this. I won't mention names, but I met um, I met someone. This was a few months ago. Um, met them, and uh, first time we'd ever met in person. Mm. First thing, the dude comes into the room and says, he "says um, oh, do you see that Lamborghini outside?" I was like, "No, it's asked mine." Okay, <laughs> great. Got a medal for that. I'm not a car person. You've just said that to the absolute wrong person whatsoever. Yeah, you know. Um, so that was an interesting opener to a conversation. <laughs> that, that being said, I would like to drive a tank. Mm. I'd love to have a road legal tank. Um, I'd just love to go and buy my milk from Morrison's. You know, just for, I would do it just for fun. Yeah. It's a bit crazy. Anyway, by the way, so yeah, um, success to me is not how much money I've got in my bank. Success, success to me isn't what car I drive. Mm. It isn't, you know, what items do I have. For me, it's about... Do I enjoy doing what I do? Do I make money doing what I do? Mm-hmm. Um, am I able to work towards creating you know, a legacy for future generations? You know, my own kids when I have them, and mm-hmm. you know their kids, and you know other people around. You know, yes, I'm working towards that. So, yeah, I'm happy with what I do. Mm-hmm. My periphery hat is on. You know, definitely got that open mindedness to you know seek out new opportunities within the property sphere. So, yeah, that's what success is to me. You know, are you happy doing what you do? Is it making you enough money? Are you then reinvesting that money? Mm. Uh, yeah, just have fun, really. Yeah, yeah. Life is life is too short. I think some people think that um, almost like this is a dress rehearsal and it isn't. You know, life is short. Um, so to be able to enjoy doing what you're doing, being successful-minded doing what you're doing and enjoying it then that's surely a recipe for success i would i would say well yeah for me it is and even within the property nomads you know we have um for example rachel and i think on a very similar level mm-hmm. in terms of freedom you know that as well mm. matt well matt loves his cars mm. matt loves his stuff so you know he'll always see for him it is about getting that you know, I don't know, Aston Martin DB9 it is about getting that Lamborghini, it is about getting, you know, these cars, which is great. I've, you know, everyone's going to have the things that make them tick without yeah. a shadow. Yeah. And as long as you, as long as you know your values, mm. as long as you know your strengths, and as long as you know what success means to you, 
and you've got your own opinion on that mm. and you stick by that, mm. then you've got complete congruence. Can't really go wrong if you've got those three things. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's a really nice way to sum it up and put it all together so that it's quite succinct. So how can people get hold of you if they want to? How, how can people find you? Social media is probably the easiest place to do it. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram as well. Um, Facebook's easier, Facebook Messenger. So Rob Smallbone, just look for me. Mm-hmm. If you want to listen to more of me, mm-hmm. then Botty Nomads podcast is the easiest uh, place to go and listen to Go and check that out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to read that number one best-selling book on Amazon, mm-hmm. I'd to let that get started. Uh, yeah, go check it out. It's available as a paperback uh, and as an ebook. Mm-hmm. The audio edition should be out by the end of 2019. So they would be the best ways. Fantastic. So thank you so much for spending the time this evening talking to me on the podcast. I've really enjoyed it. I've seen you around, but never had a chance to speak to you. So I appreciate it even more so for you taking the time and for us connecting. I know that a lot of people who are listening will have gained a lot from listening to you um, on the recording. So thank you so much. Well, yourself as well for your time and raising successful kids. I've listened to quite a few episodes. I think you you get a a great range of content and a lot of varied people on that. Mm great information so I'm honoured to be able to be able to add to that for you. Thank you so much. So I hope everybody enjoyed listening to the podcast today with Rob. It was a real privilege and a pleasure to have him on the podcast. As I said, it's somebody that I've come across a couple of times in networking events and podcast events that I've attended um, and it was a real pleasure to be able to speak to him today. And I hope that the subject matter that we spoke about was of interest to everybody um, and that you have been able to get as much gold out of the podcast as I have. When we're thinking about teaching the young people in our lives to think and be successful, um, that comes in many, many different formats. And as Rob mentioned, it's not just about wealth. It's not just about materialistic things. It almost certainly isn't in my mind about materialistic things anyway. Um, But I think in this world that we live in, it's it's good to encourage children and young people to think along different lines. So I hope that whatever you've gleaned from the podcast today, you've been able to help the young people in your lives to change how they think about things, how they look about, how they look at different things. And in all that we do, when we're dealing with the young people in our lives let's continue to help them to think and grow to be successful. Mm